G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I thought, why can't I do something and provide victims who go through similar process as I did in the sense of losing clothes and stuff and it all going into evidence and to provide them with clothes and toiletries and just basic human dignity, you know. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have the conclusion of our four-part conversation with Gloria Anderson, who was abducted from her home in 2011 by a boarder who she let stay at a granny flat on the back of her property. As we heard last time, she endured a three-day ordeal that included being taken to another state while being held captive. Also, she was mocked for her faith and endured extreme physical torment. After praying constantly, she eventually found an opportunity to escape, and Gloria is now seeking to help others who've gone through similar traumatic experiences. Today, Gloria will share the rest of her story and what happened after she escaped. And parents, once again, we want to remind you that today's program is not recommended for children. Also, the topics of violence and assault will be mentioned in today's program, and it has the potential to trigger painful memories in those who've had similar experiences. So, some adult listeners may prefer to avoid today's program as well. Once again, Gloria Anderson, along with her friend Priscilla Chandra, are chatting with Eric Scadabo in our Melbourne studios. So, the actual abduction had come to an end, but how do you get over something like that? Guess you don't. Mm. I guess it's a healing journey that carries on all your life. Uh, mm. You still heal in some process, one way or the other. Uh, after that, straight after after the police, they took me and they got the ambulance and took me to the hospital where um, yeah, they came and took photographs and um, mm. evidence was taken. Um, obviously, explained what was happening. That's when I actually found out that my ex had um, – I was trying to remember numbers because nowadays with phones, you don't store numbers in your head anymore. Right, Every yeah, you just little, press a button. Yeah. Press a button. So I, had, I was trying to remember one number. I couldn't get it. But around that same time, my ex-husband had filed a missing persons report. Oh, okay. So, so he was looking for you. Yeah, because I was ha- meant to have kids by Monday, right, right. obviously. They had to yeah. go to school and yeah. so I was not there. And obviously, then I managed to have a chat and explain what what was happening. Mm. I then was taken because it, um, Young was a very small town in New South Wales, uh, so they were uh, so the police had to. Um, they were trying to debate whether they would take me to Wagga or to Canberra to form mm. a forensics examination, mm. and they took me to forensics. Um, for my examina- med- medical examination to Canberra Hospital. so And then began a like seven-year process of bringing justice. Yeah. While we were in on our way back 
from Canberra after all the medical was done mm. and um that's when I found out that they had actually found Darren and uh, he had actually crashed my car somewhere in uh, Lithgow or mm. one of the towns So uh, he was he was captured captured about um yeah I was about two hours drive from mm. Young, New South Wales. And he was put on trial? He was put on trial in New South Wales because that's where they first caught them. But mm. um, because I think so, we discussed this earlier yeah. in the trial, yeah. going through the two-state process. Mm. Um, so you had to go through two trials? Uh, I had to go through two trials in New South Wales. One was a mistrial um, because of his uh, lawyer. Um, and she mentioned something so we, they had to get a new jury hmm. um, so that process took about four and a half weeks in hmm. New South Wales uh, where I had I ended up getting vertigo because I was all alone uh, but I guess very little support hmm. um, I did manage to make a friend with the Salvation Army chaplain hmm. she was a beautiful lady hmm. um, she was a support person hmm. um, there were a lot of good moments even I remember the first day of the trial and I'm just processing what's happening um, you know God just remind I guess I can say God reminded me of um, you know the sinner on the cross mm. and I'm, I'm like in what way I think at that time I was trying to figure out what but then it was Jesus extending grace even at the last moment mm. and what that meant um, so you're thinking about extending grace at the time of the trial. Yes, and it was it was very difficult. It was it was one of those mm. things. It's like, what does that mean? Mm. Um, that means, do you still go for a trial? What did forgiveness look like that for me? Um, uh, forgiveness means you forgive everything and you, you you don't go to the trial, or you forgive and you still go through the court process mm. because that's the law of the land. And I guess there was all this sort of conflicting, mm. um, you know, thoughts mm. or should mm. I say a process I went through. Mm. Yeah. Now, what eventually happened to Darren? Uh, after, in 2016, he did get extradited. He got sentenced in New South Wales. He, fought, he was found guilty. Uh, the jury came out. The verdict came out, should I say, in like hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in, in 2016, he was 15, 16, he was extradited to Melbourne and he was um, meant to ha- go through another trial here. We were all ready. The date was set. And on the day we were going to go for the trial, he called in sick. Um, even while he was in the prison, he created a whole, whole lot of drama. He uh, bashed up a prison guard. And he was sentenced again while he mm. was in the prison. So um, there were a series of issues that was happening even even while he was in remand. And then on the second day, he decided to plead guilty. Mm. And But again, still had to go through, go give my impact statement and he was sentenced. Um, apparently, he was given the highest, uh, top 10 highest sentences in Victoria mm. for assault. Mm. And it was during that time, it was one of the hardest, hardest thing because at, the, at one, one point, 
the seven and a half years of trials it was sort of coming to an end. There was that glimpse. Mm. It is finishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but around the same time, my mother fell really ill, mm. and she back was back in India. Back in India, and mm. she, and she actually uh, she was she got bedridden around in 2016. So I had visited her, and by 2018, um, I had to literally on the just a month, um, month and a half or so before his sentencing was supposed to take place, um, my mom was admitted in the ICU. Hmm. And my family is like, are you coming home? You need to come home, mom. Your mom's... Yeah, normally you would just immediately... Back up and leave. Plane. Yeah, yeah. Back up and leave. But you're in um, the middle of this court case. Yes, and then and on the day I got the call from my sister saying you need to come. I don't think Mum will make it. Thankfully, at that same day I had a session with my psychologist, and the discussion with my psychologist on the day was which is more important: go visit my mum or stay back for the sentencing mm-hmm. after the seven and a half years of trial. Mm. I came to a conclusion: I will go if Mum makes it. Great. Um, if she doesn't make it, I guess I'm going for a funeral. Mm. Or, but it was important for me to be there for the sentencing. Mm. Um, you Just know. to kind of close that chapter. Close that chapter, mm. and for my mum passing, you know, I was thinking physically there would be a grave I could still go and mm. visit. Mm. Um, yeah. With Darren. If he's gone sentencing, there's nothing I can go revisit a court case. Mm. And that is not possible. But I had to put an mm. end to that as well. Yeah. So that was a huge thing. Mm. Um, yeah. But on that same day, literally, so on the day I've spoken to my sister, had a session with a psychologist, booked my tickets, and that night my mom passed away. Mm. So I landed up going for a funeral and uh, returned uh, just a couple of days before the sentencing, jet lag, I still remember mm. <laughs> sitting in the courtroom, uh, putting an end to that. Um, yeah, that was fairly intense. Mm. And then eventually, what happened to Darren? Uh, after I found out in December 2022, um, um, I'd actually asked uh, the uh, detectives for some of the evidences back. Um, there was actually one particular scarf that I was tied up with during the period. Of, the scarf was made, uh, was hand woven by women who were actually trafficked. Mm. And that very scarf mm. was used to tie me up. So I was like, I want that back because that showed it was, yeah, it was like to a sto- important to me. Yeah. And it was one of those things. Um, it was like, I'm not going to let their story die you know, mm. along with mine, yeah, so I wanted yeah. that back, um, and on, along with other few other things, mm. um, which I managed to get back and actually burned. Had a bit of a sort of a, I guess, kind a, of a ceremony, or? letting go ceremony. Yeah, yeah. Um, burning all those things, mm-hmm. uh, some yeah. of the things from the evidence, uh, and I guess it was timely because that's when I found out that Darren had passed away. You're listening to The Story. 
Today, once again, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Gloria Anderson, along with her friend Priscilla Chandra in our Melbourne studios. Gloria is sharing about the events in her life after she was abducted in 2011. We'll hear more of her story, including the ministry she was inspired to start when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Once again, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Gloria Anderson, along with her friend Priscilla Chandra in our Melbourne studios. Gloria is sharing her life journey and the events in her life that occurred after she was abducted in 2011 and then went through a lengthy seven-and-a-half-year court process that she would not wish on anyone. Before the break, we ended just as Gloria found out that her abductor, Darren, had died in prison in February 2020. Now we'll find out what happened next in Gloria's life. The detective mentioned the time he had passed. Um, around that time, I I remember because I was still continuing to praying for Darren. Mm. I was still praying for him. And I remember there was a period of time where I stopped praying for him. And I remember thinking, oh, have I, you know, have I gone cold-hearted? Have I, mm. you know become hardened my heart's been Mm. hardened i'm not praying for him anymore what is the reason and it was around the same time he actually had passed so Mm. it was one of those what happened to him do you know uh, he actually had leukemia so Mm. it was he sent he 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 contested his sentencing in Mm. december 2018 and then about uh July uh, 2019, he got diagnosed with leukemia and February 2020, he passed away. So at about the same time, I had Mm. stopped praying. Again, it was one of those things. I had one of those God moments here, Mm. even during that time. It was even my prayers are led by the Spirit. You know, Mm. those that thing when you say, you know, the Spirit intercedes on behalf of you. Mm. I think it just Mm. became really real Mm. and what that meant. Now, out of the ashes of this horrendous ordeal that you've gone through, some good things have come. Definitely. Definitely. And sitting quietly, being supportive, is your good friend, Priscilla Chandra, who's been here all this time. Yes. You're learning some new things. Is that right? I am. Learning a few new things along the way, even though I've journeyed with Gloria for years. Um. I've questioned a few things today and uh, asked her to explain a few, a bit more. And uh, that's really helped clarify some things even for me after journeying with her for all this time. But I guess I've been supportive, trying, being as supportive as I can with over this year's worked with her, journeyed with her. Mm-hmm. And um, she's then wrote me into all sorts of things like this interview today. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't know you were going to be behind the microphone. No, I, I, I had no idea. And I was like, no, this is not uh, for me, but uh, here we are. And um, she's roped me into her board of uh, thinking of yes, you. Yes, yes, let's talk about that, talking yes. about positive things. Yep. 
you started a ministry called yes. Thinking of You. Why did you start this ministry, which Priscilla is on the board of? That's right. Yes. Uh, while I was waiting for all, uh, I guess, there was a lot of period of waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while I was waiting. Um, You're talking about right after the police came. Yes. Uh, while they're gathering evidence and all that. Yes. Um, while I was in Canberra during that time, um, obviously it was middle of uh, winter, mm-hmm. middle of July. Um, obviously, police did give me some. Um, well, the hospital gave me some clothes, and they were they were secondhand clothes. But you know, you go to an op shop, buy secondhand clothes, mm-hmm. and there is like a. I guess you can tear them into sections. This was like probably. Fifth or sixth hand not, not clothes. Not very comfortable uh, clothes. <laughs> so basically, if I understand you correctly, all your clothes were taken for forensic evidence. Yeah, yes. So they had to give you something, and they gave you some clothes that were pretty raggy. Is that basically what you're trying to say? Yes. There's ratty and there's ratty. There was yeah. a second grade ratty. <laughs> yeah. uh, they did. I guess they did the best. Um, so that's one of the things that your ministry is to help. Yes. Provide uh, some good clothes for victims. Yes. And then the other one, big one that hit me was while I was in Canberra because I obviously they did provide me, me with clothes, but uh, I still didn't have shoes. So for the three days, I didn't have any shoes. So you're walking around without shoes? Yes. Oh uh, so I walked on snow, walked on frost. Not any shoes? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And then in Canberra after forensics, my, I, I guess I was just... I was really cold by this time. I, I requested um, if I could have anything, pair of slippers or, you know, there's hotels, very skimpy, something, yeah. something to yeah. keep my feet warm because I've been walking on ice. Um, so the doctor just, she rushed around. She found a pair of socks and they I could not. I can't believe they don't have this kind of stuff. No, they don't. Not, wow. uh, this And this is in the capital, by the way, yeah. country's capital. This is in Canberra Hospital. And then they uh, then she found uh, two Ziploc bags and a rubber band to hold the rubber band up, and there were my shoes for a day or so. So, so your shoes were a plastic bag held up by a rubber band. Pretty much. So this is one of the reasons why you wanted to start a ministry. Yeah, Uh, it came out of uh, it. It started in um, this idea literally almost a year ago. So this idea came in. I well, after actually I prayed. I was I was praying. I fasted and prayed. Um, I felt I should fast and pray. So I mm-hmm. fasted and prayed for mm-hmm. three days. And literally five days later, I had this mm-hmm. thought po- pops into my head and and just reminded of the process I had to go through. And then mm-hmm. I thought, why can't I do something and provide? Mm-hmm. Um, Victims, uh, not just of sexual assault, but you know, domestic violence victims mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. other kinds of assault to um, who go through similar processes as I did in the sense of losing clothes and stuff, mm. and it all going into evidence. And a lot of people are, you know, if they're single, they don't have relatives or anybody close by. Mm. Um, yeah, you're be, in another state. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to provide them with clothes and toiletries and just basic. Mm. Um, Human dignity, uh, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's how it all started. Yeah. And Priscilla, it's fine. <laughs> you've been trying to provide support for your friend who's that's gone right. through this ordeal, which yes, originally you didn't have any idea about all this. No, you just no. Little yeah. by little, you learned about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So she 
fed me by drips of information, which I'm grateful for in some ways because it's such a shocking. It's a lot to take. Yeah, on. Yeah, it's a lot to take on, and we haven't and, even gotten into yeah a lot of the story. Yeah, and um, so. I'm grateful that she drip fed me rather than dumped it all on me. <laughs> so, um so yeah, we've been journeying together and I'm sort of they are like a big sister probably, I'd say. Oh, good on uh, you. for to uh, yeah, I'm walking along her, her sounding board and mm-hmm. things like yeah. that. And with things like thinking of you, like if any support that I can give her and she's asked me to be on the board and well, I yeah. didn't give you a choice today. You know, she didn't. Just, just like this interview today. Yeah, yeah just no like choice. this interview today. And I, I believe a lot of things coming in the future it might be just like the same. That. Just keep being a friend of yes. Gloria. You yes. don't know what you'll end yeah, up doing. Yeah, what I'll end up doing. And uh, she's, she's in a little bit of trouble with me after this. Oh, why, why would that be? I don't understand. Like, of course, I, I conspired with Gloria. Yeah, I know you did. I know you so did. I don't. I can't. I just, I I can't take all the blame for it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, um, so I walked blindly into this situation. So here, I thank am. you so yeah, much no, thank for rising to the occasion. Gloria <laughs> yeah. has processed a lot over the years, and there are times she has to laugh. You know, like yeah. to you don't not laugh, go you'll crazy. Start crying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. often say that. Yeah. Like yeah. if I don't laugh, if I cry, people. I guess it's also my coping mechanism in mm. some ways because yeah. it's. Oh, maybe it's a nervous laughter as well, I yeah, guess, in yeah. a way. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, I truly, truly appreciate Priscilla's help um, and, yeah, being on the board. She's our treasurer, actually. That's our official position. Um, and another good story out of this is um, one of our other board members is um, is amazing story while I was when the first occasion when I f- was first being put in the boot mm-hmm. of the car and um, that's when Darren threw out the phone um, this was at a factory um, obviously it was an industrial area so this was a, like a warehouse so the, this was on Sunday so on Monday this you know the person who owned the fact or the warehouse came in and um, he dried the phone up cleaned it up and oh it was just sitting somewhere. yeah it was oh, sitting okay. in the car park. Okay. Yeah. And uh, in those days, the smartphones didn't have a lock screen. Mm-hmm. So you could just, you know, swipe it open and just turn it on. So he managed to um, find my email. So he actually just confirmed whose email it was of my phone or the last text that was sent. And then he emailed me. He goes, hi, um, you know. This is Bruce. I believe I found your phone. Um, and by this time, I was already, um, I was with the police uh, giving my statement and stuff. So, so the police came and chased it up. But I always wanted to contact him and thank him for yeah, yeah. Um, returning the phone. It also, not only that, just to, uh, not only returning the phone, but also for me, I guess it in some ways validates, you know, you, you go through a process, you sometimes think, how, mu- how much of it is made up, you know, and because as a victim, you mm. blame yourself of what could well, it corroborates have, um, your yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually called him up, yeah, I had his, this number, and that's like, do you remember returning a phone <laughs> about eight years ago? Mm. 
and we caught up for a coffee event along with a friend of mine and we landed up um yeah i eventually met all his family his oh, wow. wife his wow. kids his grandkids um, well, that's an interesting way for a friendship to start yes yeah. uh, that's an interesting way when we try to explain how we met <laughs> <laughs> and to top it all off, he's a member of our board. Is that right? Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's he's uh, he's uh, he's a vice president. So, yes. Oh, wow. So, uh like I said, that's that's a good story in the midst mm-hmm. of it's a yeah. you know, the whole yeah. redemption, the full circle mm. of God redeeming yeah. things. Um yeah, I find that amazing. Priscilla, are you proud of your friend? I definitely am. Very proud. I mean, she's one tough girl. <laughs> Even though I drag into things that have been said before. I I I not too many people would have survived the way she has and yeah. been yeah. like the person she is today. Yeah. So, yeah, very proud. We're proud of you, Gloria. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I got to stop. <laughs> oh. I, I, I'm the one that cheers up. <laughs> She goes to the idea on the one that she laughs at you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gloria, Priscilla, thank you so much for being with us today. And Gloria, thank you so much for sharing your story and everything you've gone through and, and how you're still giving glory to the Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Eric. Well, that was part four and the conclusion of Eric Scatterbo's conversation with Gloria Anderson, along with her friend Priscilla Chandra. As we heard, Priscilla is now on the board of Gloria's new ministry, which is called Thinking of You from One Survivor to Another. They distribute packages of clothing and toiletries to hospitals for sexual assault and domestic violence victims. You can learn more about the ministry at their Facebook page. Just look up Thinking of You from One Survivor to Another. Finally, some background information about Gloria's abductor, Darren, who died of leukaemia in prison in 2020. An article in The Age newspaper says the jury took just 90 minutes to find Darren guilty of four counts of aggravated sexual assault without consent, one of indecent assault and one of detaining Anderson for advantage. He was sentenced to 11 years jail with parole set at seven years. Then, in a separate court case, he eventually pleaded guilty to the Victoria charges. In all, the court process in both New South Wales and Victoria took seven and a half years. This is something that Gloria is now campaigning to change so that no one will have to go through what she went through. We hope that Gloria is successful in her efforts and that her new ministry will go a long way towards helping other survivors of crime and will be a blessing to many. Well, thanks so much for joining us for the conclusion of Gloria Anderson's remarkable story. We certainly are proud of her and all of the service she has done and continues to do to help others despite everything she's gone through. We pray that God blesses her abundantly. Well, until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.